All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast. It's Wednesday. It's February 1st. I'm Doug Norrie, owner-operator DFSR.com. If you need some projections for FanDuel and or DraftKings, Yahoo too. Take a look at DFSR.com. You get a free seven-day trial to our projection system. There's a reason we were one of the longest-running DFS and betting operators in the industry. The projections are great. The service is great. And you're going to get everything that money your money pays for here, $29.95 a month after that for all sports. You're not going to find a better deal than that. Go to DFSR.com. Grab that free trial. Jump into the members-only chat. You will just – all you have to say is, you know, you're happy to be a member here. Chatters will chat you up and say, for sure, and that's the best sales pitch we can get. DFSR.com to get you started. Nine games in the NBA today. Full slate uh, coming off uh, an interesting little Tuesday that saw things kind of play out the way we said on the podcast yesterday. Uh, not going to relitigate all that stuff, but uh, do have an interesting one, uh, a set of games that's going here um, on Wednesday. The big, the, the, the real story here is we have a big slate. We have a lot of bad defenses. So in DFS and betting to some degree, where you want your focus is different as a fan of DFS than it is maybe as regular basketball. While sometimes the brand of basketball that is the best to watch on a given night, which is like when really good teams face each other. Um, and those good teams usually are good on both ends of the ball, both offense and defense from DFS from a DFS standpoint. That's not the case. We actually like it better to some degree when the bad teams play one, we can focus on uh, just playing team guys against those, those teams. And also those teams sometimes tend to play a little bit faster and looser than other squads. And we have a setup here on Wednesday where we have eight of the top 10 teams in terms of pace going. That's Golden, Golden State, Memphis, OKC, Minnesota, San Antonio, Sacramento, Atlanta, Detroit. That's eight of the top 10 in pace. So you're already getting a volume up uh, just scenario with each of those teams, whoever they're playing against, because the totals are going to be higher. The teams run fast. Um, it's it's going to be a little bit more up and down the court. They want to get out and transition. And that's great for teams going the other way, just because it increases the volume, the shots, the possessions, and really everything else across the board. And then on the other side, you get the defense, the defensive efficiency, you get five of the worst 10 teams also going. Now, some of these are going to, you're going to hear some overlap, San Antonio, this is uh, in order of worse to better defenses. San Antonio, Detroit, Houston, Portland, and Sacramento. So three of those teams, San Antonio, Detroit, and Sacramento, are on both lists. Bad defenses and really, really fast pace. That's what, one of the reasons you're going to see some higher totals on this slate. A couple of those teams, Sacramento and San Antonio, play each other. Uh, There's no wonder that is a 244.5 total. Absolutely massive number. Um, that is just basically the recognition that there will be almost no defense at all played in that game. 244 and a half is just a cr- crazy number. It's like six points higher than I think the next closest on the slate, uh, something like that, which is, I mean, for a nine game slate to have numbers this big is crazy. And, and again, it's admitting that these two teams are not that interested. Yeah, it's six points higher than uh, Memphis and uh, Portland, which is 239 and then Golden State and uh Minnesota is 238 and a half. So to sit six, seven points higher than those other really, really high totals is hilarious. The Sacramento has 125.75 implied total. I mean, these are like all-star game, not quite, but all-star game adjacent numbers, it would seem. 
from the teams that are playing. And it makes for an interesting just DFS situation because you look at this and really betting too, because I mean, even thinking about betting the overs in some of these games can, and I know betting overs is way, way more fun um, just because it's tough sweat to it's tough. It's not fun. You're sitting there rooting for guys to not score unders uh, are just not that great, but even these numbers will push the bounds of any reasonable thinking around just the sport as a whole. Uh, just betting, you know, there's a team's going to get out there. Their median outcome is 125.75 points, 126 points. Like, holy mackerel. There's so many things that even in good situations that need to go right uh, for that number to hit. We have our system as a slight under on that. But when you have this game, when you have totals like this, 244, 231, 238, 238 and a half, 237, right? These are the uh, 239. These are the totals in this game that, one, it almost for sure means that on the DF, the, the scores are going to be pretty high from a DFS standpoint because there's just too many opportunities for too many good players. Two, you're probably going to be in a situation because a line of constraints around just having to fade a few of these games, like just having to probably sit back and watch and, you know, or scoreboard watch or, you know, just kind of you know, sit at stare at your phone and as plays go in, depending on, I know people watch quote unquote watch basketball in all different ways. Um, a lot of you are probably out there are just, you know, phone sweaters where you're just, you know, sneaking a look at the phone. Um, you know, something else is going on with someone else in the room and you're kind of watching scores go by, watching things kind of tick up or tick down. Following these games on a nightly basis from a watching standpoint, it's really tough. But you're going to have to be in a situation where you're going to have to just fade some of these games. And that's a really, really tough proposition just from because, you know, a few of these are going to go absolutely off. And I'm not even mentioning the games uh, that that are just the regular ones, like Boston, uh, the Nets and the Celtics, right? Like that game has kind of a low total at 220, at 226. And there's a lot to probably like on it. In a smaller slate, you'd be talking yourself into it. Like Toronto and Utah, 228 and a half total. I could talk myself into some plays in this, but it still doesn't even hold a candle to some of these other games with those teams that have like matched up bad defenses and fast pace. So we're in an interesting spot. You are going to be in a situation with a total, a game total that's really high that you probably don't have exposure to from a DFS standpoint. This is why betting can kind of work its way into, you know, having maybe, or definitely having a hybrid approach to these slates to say, okay, here's the best value for DFS. Here's the best value when it comes to betting. Like there's multiple ways to tackle this now that we just didn't necessarily have before. And that is a good spot. And it means you're sort of, you know, if you, especially if you're looking at this from an entertainment standpoint, you can have sweat exposure or, you know, entertainment exposure to many different scenarios that just aren't relying on salary constraints. And we'll go over a few of the over-unders that, uh, that I like from a player prop standpoint and from a game standpoint on this one, but just on a high level, these slates are fun. But sometimes it can be rough to look at some of the scenarios that are setting up and say, well, I don't have any Washington, Detroit. Let's say that game has a really high total that there's almost definitely going to be a lot of scoring in that game. And I'm just going to have to sit and watch it go by <laughs> without uh, maybe having any at least DFS money on the line. OK, another kind of theme of this slate and actually was really what's becoming a theme in just DFS embedding in general for the NBA is just the amount of great point guards there are. And this one to sort of go along with what we're, what I was just talking about with having to 
fade some really good players in some really good situations. This is definitely, definitely, definitely happening at the point guard position uh, here on Wednesday. There are, I would say, six and maybe seven uh, point guards in really nice spots who you just can't play them all, right? Like you just can't, you can make a case for all of them on a shorter slate. We'd be definitely rostering one of these guys. You just can't play all these guys. It's going to mean having to fade a really good point guard or three point guards in, and then having to play just maybe garbagey, small forward kind of guys, and then decide what you're going to do at power forward and center. But let me just go through what you're looking at in terms of options. Can't break. Don't have time to break down the statistics on all these guys but the names are not going to be new to you at all. First, we have SGA going against Houston. Houston, obviously one of the worst defenses in the league. SGA, a total superstar, um, is front runner for player of the year or most improved player, probably going to win. Houston, one of the worst defensive efficiency teams. I left them off of that initial group only because their pace wasn't quite as fast, like their 13th, but they really bump up into the one of the best DFS matchups you can have. And I'm going to talk about Houston here at length a little bit more in the podcast a little bit. So you have SGA against him or against Houston among the OKC guys. He's really one of the only ones that you can rely on for minutes. They're trying to get him an all NBA slot. Like they can't really make a case to totally tank because they're sort of decent. So you are getting a really high floor on SGA. Great. Then you have Ja going against Portland. Here's another situation, especially if they don't have uh, Desmond Beam. Usage is going to be high. The minutes have really been high for him. Portland does not play um, one of the faster paces, but they are one of the worst defensive teams. So you, like I said before, they're on that list of really good matchups. This game has a really high total. Ja would be in a really incredibly difficult fade. You get Steph against Minnesota. Minnesota, really fast pace. Um, Not very good on defense. Even better with Gobert around, but still not very good. Maybe you talk yourself out of Curry because Poole in the starting lineup, they're getting Wiggins back. The shot distribution gets, you know, sectioned off a little bit more. So maybe you feel like you leave him out. Then you get the Dame. The Portland, the Blazers have been running him a million minutes. He's played 38, 36, 39, 30, and 39 in the last five games. Memphis, good defense, but play very fast. Like this is going to be a pace up game for Lillard. Gets in a slightly better situation, probably if Bain is out of the lineup. Uh, just from a defensive standpoint, they are still without Steven Adams. So you, I would not want to get to this late game, not like the timing matters really, but get to this uh, game a little bit later. Uh, I guess, no, sorry, that's a seven o'clock game. Sorry, thinking West Coast with the Blazers. Anyway, seven o'clock, that game tips off and you're thinking, well, I got to go watch Dame in this one and maybe not have an exposure to him. Now you get to Darren Fox at, uh, at uh, going against San Antonio. Now, he is interesting from a FanDuel perspective because he's so much cheaper than those other guys. So all those other guys that I just mentioned, they're all in the 10K range. Fox is at 8,600. This, when we're starting to just try to figure out where to go with this, this situation, Fox at 8,600, it makes the decision a little bit easier because you get a $1,400 savings. He's not as good as those guys I just mentioned, but the matchup is almost the nuts. San Antonio is like one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense in the whole league. Yeah, they're the worst defense by far in the whole league, and they play one of the fastest paces in the league. Now, number six overall pace. This is the exact spot we want to have. I mentioned some of these totals before. Sacramento has a, that huge, massive total. I think Fox, if you're trying to pick out the point guards you want to go with, 
Fox makes the most sense because you get the savings and you get the best matchup. So I think you probably end up defaulting to that situation. And then you get Chris Paul. He faces off against Atlanta. They are still without Devin Booker. Atlanta plays a pretty fast pace. You know, the whole theme of this podcast and YouTube today is fast pace, bad defense. Their bottom third defense, top 10 pace. Chris Paul, they've not, they've had the reins off of him when it comes to the minutes lately. He's played 34, 39, 38, 38. Uh, and then he threw a 27 minute game in there with the blowout. They're not worried about saving him really. No Booker. Usage is up. And I think that's another one where if you just take the savings on FanDuel, 8,600, 8,300 for Fox and Paul, this is where you can probably start feeling better about fading some of those really, really good point guards because the price just ends up dictating uh, where you can go. So I think that when I'm looking at all these point guards, I left Kyrie off the list because he faces Boston. I think that he's been amazing. It's the statistical case for Kyrie in a vacuum is definitely there. He just happens to run into a really good defensive Boston team. So I think you can just end up leaving him off that list. Um, yeah, I still find Harden against Orlando, kind of like the spot he's in. Fred Van Vliet's been playing a million minutes. Um, there is D'Angelo Russell, too, to talk about. But in, in general, we're in a point guard league right now. These guys are awesome. Some of these dudes play massive minutes. Some have really, really nice matchups. And it's going to be tough to watch them uh, tonight knowing that you probably don't have exposure to all of them. Did want to mention a bet here that I think you can get in. I already have this one in right now on some places. It's probably going to creep up, but Chris Paul at over 17 and a half points looks really pretty nice here um, going, <clears throat> excuse me, going against Atlanta. The game's got a good total Now Atlanta, you know, is not, excuse me, the Suns are uh, slim favorites here at minus one and a half. So the thin spread, Paul has the minutes, like I said, for him before have completely been there of late. So I don't think you're going to get buzzed off on that. He's running like 35 in regulation. He has 1931. That was an overtime game. 22, 14 blowout, got buzzed off minutes and 22 in his last five. He's getting up double digit shots. Sometimes he's gotten into the 16, 18, 20 range in terms of shots. Not worry about the perimeter defense from Atlanta here with DeJounte Murray and Trey Young. Love the 17 and a half over for Chris Paul here. I think this one, I <clears throat> am I the kind of guy that says like lock, 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 lock. No, but let's just call this one kind of a lock. 17 and a half. The game sets up perfectly for him. This is a situation that I definitely, definitely, definitely want to have the over. The Rockets are still going to be without Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. This is interesting because a couple things. So the drop-off in talent for them after these guys are out of the lineup is pretty stark. They're starting Deshaun Nix at point guard. Eric Gordon's getting a lot of minutes. From a Just from an overall team perspective, this team, with these two guys off the court, has an offensive rating of just 106.29. When they're on the court, it's near almost 111. They take a massive dip without these dudes on the court. And this is like over 500, about 550 minutes. So I call the sample size and just the eye test uh, completely there. It's interesting to think about this and where you think about how you attack the rest of the guys. Because while I like Shingun, uh, uh, from a DFS standpoint, it's worth it to note that like his numbers have been not as amazing with these guys out of the lineup. The minutes have been there, but they're just, he's taken a, a hit overall in terms of fantasy, just because the team is much worse. I still think Shingun is a good play. 
I do want to say don't sleep on the fact that this team is is just not nearly as good. They're not a good team in general, but they're not they're bad, bad, bad offensively without Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. They have very few guys in the way of shot creation. A bet that I've already put in here is a bet on the under on the 113 and a half total for the Houston Rockets, just in a team total, not the game total, just a team total against the Thunder. I do not like them hitting this. It's been a struggle for them to score without those other guys. 95 points last game against Cleveland, 103 against Washington the game before that, like 104 two game, three games ago against Minnesota. That's without their guards. It's a struggle for them to score. Think about getting in the under on uh, one thirteen and a half for the Rockets if you can find it. That is something that uh, I think I feel really, really good about based on how the situation is breaking out for those guys. Still think some of these guys are are good DFS value, but I'm worried that they're just it's just really a total, total, total slog without uh, <clears throat> excuse me without those guys in the lineup. Couple other news and notes just to kind of close this thing off for a big Wednesday slate. Obviously, you head over to DFSR.com. We got you covered with all this. We're trying to recap sort of high level thoughts, some bets, some DFS plays each day going into this um, to just kind of get you started, just kind of prime that pump on what the NBA's action uh, is. Like I said before, there's all these point guards. Some of these other positions can get really rough. Um, small forward specifically continues to be sort of a problem. Uh, you know, our system's liking guys like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson still. It just tr- wants to find as much value. Kenrich Williams is still starting and should still start for OKC. I do not uh, trust OKC as far as I can throw them. And as they say, with my bad back, I shouldn't be throwing anybody. But Williams did play 33 minutes last game. Got seven points, eight rebounds. It's like three steals. It's like just enough to kind of squint and see it with him. Uh, So something to consider. And OKC has been fine just switching around their starting lineup at times because Shea gets to play his minutes. Giddy gets to play his minutes. Jalen Williams with the E gets to play his minutes. uh, And then everything else can kind of just end up switching around. But keep an eye on if he's going to be in the starting lineup. We're keeping an eye on the Desmond Bain situation. That does affect sort of the overall expectations around some of the other Memphis guys. Rudy Gobert is questionable every single game. He plays every single game, so I'm not too worried about that. And Trey Young should be back here for the Hawks after sitting out last game. All right, we're going to get out of here. DFSR.com. Go head over there, hang out in the chat, ask some questions, check out the projections. There's a reason we're one of the longest ones in the business to do this. It's because we take pride in what we do, and we think we do it better than anybody. DFSR.com will get you started with a free seven-day trial. Go check that out. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more hoops.